NIL. What the heck does that mean? Helmets off is on. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell, your host here. Thank you for joining us and uh, we appreciate you watching the program, listening to the program. Uh, fun show today. Interesting show. There's a, a massive shift in college football. Massive shift in college football. And uh, it starts today. And this is, this is really going to change the landscape of maybe the way teams compete, recruiting. The, the whole fundamental shift of college football could really uh, go a different direction. And quite frankly, we're going to spend the entire show on talking about the different aspects of what that means. Uh, man, that would have been fun back in my day. Uh, and uh, just kind of some of the, uh, I don't know, some of what may, may happen in college football, is my opinion. So let's get started here. Uh, I've always felt... I guess my mind goes to Nick Saban for some reason when I think of NIL and I think of him being such a strong proponent of these athletes being considered amateurs. And then you hear Tim Tebow ranting about his college experience and how, you know, choice it was and amazing and uh, probably would have been a lot more amazing had he made a couple hundred thousand dollars or more at his time in Florida and he probably could have winning the Heisman Trophy, winning national championships, being in a very high profile conference and on a team. Shoot, uh, Tim Tebow may have made uh, seven figure incomes in, in college. But I, I think of Nick Saban and his commercial on Affleck. And here this guy makes probably $10 million a year now. Who knows how much money he made for an Af a national Affleck commercial, probably uh, you know, at least $500,000, I would imagine, maybe even more. Um, and, and, he go, and, and he says with a straight face that these athletes are amateurs. And, and college football, big time college football has not been amateur athletics for decades, more than decades. Uh, when, as soon as these coaches started getting paid, as soon as you started having advertising, that sold on television, it was a business and it's been a business. And the, and the fundamental root of the business is the players playing. Like they are the game. Without the players, you do not have college football. Nick Saban, I don't care how great a coach he is, could never get on the field and compete. And people would go, yeah, I wanna watch that. I wanna watch Jim Harbaugh against Urban Meyer and and uh, Nick Saban. It, it's not interesting for people who love football. But man, I, I'm going to watch Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to watch uh, some of these great players in college football and cheer for my school. Absolutely. And they pay big money, uh, advertisers do, to these universities. And someone's making a lot of money. Each university probably makes, well, in, in, the, in the Power Five conferences, somewhere between 60 and uh, over $100 million a year. Easily. Easily. On, on just football. And I, and I understand 
Oh, it supports a lot. Yeah, it supports massive salaries. It supports other programs. It supports a lot. Regardless, it's a business. And I just, I just, I'm kind of shocked that it's taken this long. And I don't know if it's because so much of our country is in this kind of flux where people are speaking out, people are speaking up about all different kinds of issues. And a lot of these athletes uh, who, and entertainers who in the past were coached, myself included, uh, I shut up and play. And we, we didn't come here to hear, hear what you think about the world. We came here to be entertained. And it is entertainment. I, I, I'm not trying to say that it isn't. And the entertainment industry, including college football, is big business and the entertainers get paid. And the college football players do not. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it's way overdue for sure. I think people, well, um, I, think, I think people for uh, a long time, when I say people, it's like these mysterious people who control things. And I really want to, I'd love to find out who exactly they are. But the college football is, it's a monopoly. It's a, it could almost be an illegal enterprise uh, in that um, there's a certain group that have the power and they're very, they, they hold that power very close to themselves. So as far as who gets in the national championship, who makes the playoffs, who's on television, all of those things. And really it's the SEC and the Big Ten Network. And so, or the Big Ten Conference, the big, yeah, whatever they are now. And, and they, uh, for years, they've just, they've just kind of soaked this thing down. And that even baffles me because there's so much opportunity out there. There's so much excitement for college football across the country that so many more people could benefit, including them. And they, they just don't do it. So this name, image, and likeness is a massive deal. And it really opens up a whole can of worms. I mean, I mean, it, 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 of what, of what's going to happen. And there's, there's a lot to this. Hey, welcome back. It's Helmut Stoff, Scott Mitchell here, talking about NIL. I think about my days as a, as a college athlete. And of course, there, I mean, it was still a business, but it certainly wasn't of the magnitude that uh, is happening now. But I can tell you, this was my experience as a student athlete. Number one, I couldn't work. When I was in school, which was most of the time, I couldn't work. So it was really challenging to uh, find an income. I got $326 a month from my scholarship, and that was to pay for most of my meals, uh, my rent, uh, uh, car payment. I mean, just living expenses, just basic living expenses. Uh, I, if, I, if I lived on, on campus, then I didn't get any money. So if you were in the dorms, you, you lived on campus, but you, you, um, you got a small, 
meal stipend, but it wasn't, it's enough for ramen noodles. I mean, really. Uh, and there weren't a lot of options as far as food uh, at the University of Utah when I was a student. You know, so it was, it was very limited. So you, you don't live on campus and then you have an apartment, you have a car because anywhere you live, you, you, you have to drive around and the car is kind of nothing. So $326 a month does not go anywhere. You have a job, you have a summer job and you uh, save up money. So you have extra money uh, through throughout the year. For me though, um, and where I was at University of Utah, we went to school almost through May. We had basically June and July to work. And then we started our summer camp in August. A lot of other schools like uh, BYU, they were on the semester system. They were out of school in April. So they had an extra maybe month and a half of work that they could do. And once you're in school, the NCAA, no, you can't work. You're, 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 and other students, if you're a student at a university or where I was at the University of Utah, you could work, you could work and go to school. I mean, so, so, so there was, I was very limited. And if I went out socially, like if I went on a date, I would go to a restaurant and it was a place called Mulboons on a Friday night and they had all you can eat shrimp. And it was, and it just brought it out. You didn't have to pay for it. And it came in this big giant bowl with ice. So you'd fill up on free, all you can eat shrimp, the bread, of course, everyone has bread. And then I would get the, uh, the cheapest menu item, which was some kind of chicken, who knows, um, Marsala or something. I don't even know what it was. And I would split it <laughs> and it was 10 bucks. So, so for 10 bucks, You'd had two meals, all the all the eat shrimp you could get, and and bread. And and, and I think my total cost was like eleven dollars for the meal, and then I would go to the the dollar movie. At and uh, and it was the movies were like about six months old. You paid a dollar, and then they had ridiculous prices on concessions, so you snuck in your own, you know, whatever. And, and you, you know, so I went, so, you know, a Friday night date for me, I could do under $15 and felt like I was living, you know, wow, this is, this is amazing, but that's the extent of it. You know, I, there was, there was not a lot more that I could actually do as a, as a student athlete back in the day. And, and I think of, oh gosh, there would be just off the top of my head and there's two things I know. Well, one, um, well, as I said, just off the top of my head, there's, there's a, there's a lot of companies that make a whole lot of sense and they, they're sponsors already for, for athletics. So you have numerous car dealerships, you have, uh, numerous, uh, believe it or not, it's kind of weird banks. Uh, you have, um, I actually did this so I know that it's out there. Um, I actually promoted a radio station. So right after I left the University of Utah, I got a um, like a, a name, image, and likeness opportunity. Put a billboard on the freeway with my picture on it, and I was I was promoting a you know I was promoting a 
uh, a radio station. And, and to do that, they gave me $3,000, which is, you know, 10 times what I was making. Um, and it's not a lot. I mean, $3,000 in the 1990, but still uh, today, you know, that would go a long way as a student athlete. So you're, you're really, you can't work. You don't have a lot of money. Uh, you, you have people are interested in you. Millions of restaurants. Uh, you could do grocery stores. There's some, some, you know, really cool, amazing grocery stores here in Utah. And I know some of these people were big time boosters. There's, a, there's all of these uh, tech companies uh, that are now in, the, in, in Utah. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of big business uh, here in the state of Utah. And what's, what's interesting is you've got a small market in, in a place like Utah and, and how they, um, these colleges in Utah are actually a big deal. Now, if you went to, let's say, Chicago and there's Northwestern, which is like, yeah, okay, it's part of the Big Ten. They've done a, an amazing job with uh, their athletic program. Uh, there's, they're, but they're certainly not Ohio State or Michigan. And, but, you, but you're an athlete there, and you're competing against the Bears, the Bulls. You're competing against the Cubs, the White Sox, uh, the Blackhawks. I mean, there's, you know, and, and, and probably their Major League Soccer I mean, there's six and, and WNBA, you might, you might with the WNBA and, and Major League Soccer, you may have more of an interest there. Um, I know it here in Utah, it certainly is more of an interest. Uh, college football is, but college football here, uh, the, the players are more well-known. There's a lot of money and there's a bigger opportunity as opposed to a bigger metropolitan area what, that has you know, professional sports has a lot of professional sports and, and they're, they're advertising dollars out there, right? That's what, that's what these athletes are looking for. So, so now, you, you know, uh, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, it, it, I think it, I think there might even be a better opportunity for an athlete in a market like this, or, or let's just take Oklahoma. I mean, it's in Norman, Oklahoma. It's not, you know, Oklahoma City isn't even like Dallas, not even close to it. And so uh, you have you have some of these big time programs that have big time followings that are kind of in small markets, and these athletes may be more enticed to go to a place like this. It may even out the playing field more in these these areas not that oklahoma needs it to be evened out because you know they're a national i mean they're they're considered one of the top teams in the country right now or or even a place like clemson in south carolina which is you know it's not atlanta and you think of you know you have of course you have georgia and, and near atlanta but georgia tech which is in atlanta i mean there's there's a lot of business but but that business might have other things that uh, are, are, are going to value its dollar. I, I think what's going to happen is social media and the social savviness of these players is, is really where uh, I think 
I think this is going to go. And, and I think the traditional way of doing things might get turned on its ear because so many of these players, if they choose to have a massive social following on things I don't even know about, you know, TikTok and uh, a, a bunch of these new sites. I mean, Facebook is me, but apparently I'm a dinosaur on social media if I'm, if I'm dialed into Facebook, which I feel proud that I'm on Facebook and, and yet I'm, I'm way behind the times. And TikTok, I mean, just got invented and now it's a big thing. And, and of course, Twitter and, and, and all of the other social platforms that are out there are, are powerful and, and, uh, and advertisers know this. And so they're gonna go to, I mean, back in my day, there was there was there wasn't even an email there was the mail uh so it, it so believe it or not billboards were a big deal uh, and they still still have some value to them but uh, not not like not like social media and just that that platform takes it to a new level so that that's going to be an interesting direction um and and um when i when I come back, um, I'm going to take another break here, but when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about where does this thing go and what does college football look like? And there's, there's just a, there's a fundamental shift. College football has definitely been bumped off its axis. And where, where is it going to land when it's all over? Okay, folks, welcome back. It is Sound What's Off, Scott Mitchell. We're talking today exclusively about the name image likeness change in college football. I think one of the one of the funny things, I don't know if it's funny, but the, these colleges have gotten out ahead of it. And if you listen to all of them, they kind of are saying the same thing about how they're going to handle all this. And I think it's quite fascinating in that here, here in Utah, where I live, you've got University of Utah, and they and they they say, look, this isn't a pay for play, you know, so you're not being paid to play for us. That's what your scholarship is for, but it's for work that you do uh, in the promotion of uh, businesses through your ability to leverage interest. All right, so you you have people that follow you, pay attention to you, and that's eyeballs and businesses go, Oh, well, you have a lot of eyeballs on you. So let's, let's promote or highlight our product through you. Right. I do that now today. That's part of my life is, is doing that. So I understand that. And these players have a lot of interest, uh, but the, and, but the universities are saying, look, we want to help these athletes. We're, we're very open, amenable to all of this, but there are some ground rules. And, and I think that's a really wise thing to do. I, I, I just wonder how far they can take this because, you know, I get, you know, they say, well, you know, are you, you excluding my ability to make an income? And, and let's just take BYU, for example. BYU said, you can engage in uh, enterprises that are inconsistent um, step with our values as a private university. And part of those values are no alcohol, no tobacco, no coffee, 
uh, no gambling, no adult entertainment. And, and all of those right there are massive opportunities. And I don't, I don't know if it fits in college football, and, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with the, the businesses. I'm just saying I, I, I find it interesting that BYU says you can't, you can't engage in things like that. Now, when I was playing in the NFL, we could not engage in any support of gambling. We could not engage in any support of, of alcohol, uh, tobacco, any of that stuff either. And that, that was the NFL. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't think those are going to be major issues, but a player may, may engage with a company and the university says that's not in step with our standards. And, and I just wonder who's right. And this is something that I'm sure could potentially come up because they could say, well, you can't, you can't encroach in, on my ability to make an income here. Uh, that's what this is kind of all about. And, and the university says, well, you know, there are certain standards that we adhere to. And, and I, I'm sure that they're getting legal opinions on all of this. But the pay-to-play one, everyone's saying, you know, this is about uh, marketing your image. And it's not about, hey, come to Alabama and we'll pay you $50,000 a year just to come here. Uh, and I think, I think that's, you know, because, well, that's what happens right now. <laughs> or, or somebody gets a house or somebody gets a car or somebody gets something uh, in, in, uh, as part of the, the competitive side of things. That exists today, and if anyone doesn't think it does, then they're foolish. Uh, it's it's probably the I don't know worst kept secret in the world that that the NCA just turns a blind eye to, depending on who's doing it. So I you know I, I think it's it that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Just how far and with whom can you be in business? And I think I think players will push it and challenge it, and I think there'll be uh, probably litigation over it at some point about how far uh, that you know a player you know maybe they have a relationship with a business, maybe they have uh, who knows I I really don't I don't know and and what if it's I'm you know um, of course you know it, it would have to be someone who's not underage drinking, but um, there there could be things. And, and then there are states with these gambling um, laws and, and then you get into all the gambling side of this and a player representing who knows and, and, and how ethical is that and what, what, is that, what does that do for, for college athletics? And, and, and I know that players in college are interested in gambling. And uh, I know players that I went to school with who they would bet on they would gamble. I mean, uh, so uh, that, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting thing to happen down down the road with all of this. Uh, then then there's the other side of it where these these universities are saying you have to have the time, you have to put in the work to get paid for this. When are they? When are these athletes going to have time to do it? I mean, I mean, really. I mean, it's like. There, there, there are so many demands on your time as far as school and, and practice and meetings. And are you going to do it during the season? Are you going to do it on time you have off, which a lot of times is a Sunday? 
Are you going to be doing it late at night? And then what kind of impact does that have on your performance? Being distracted. Look, one of the things that I felt adamant about was you've got to really focus and commit to pre preparing yourself to play every week. And there's a physical side of it. There's a mental side of it. There's an emotional side of it where you have routines and you stay with those routines and those routines produce successful results and you get out of your routine or you don't quite do all the physical preparation or the mental preparation because you're busy or you're tired because you're out doing whatever uh, it could have, it could have a huge impact on, on how these players perform. And I know when you're young, it's like, oh, we don't need sleep. You know, we stay up all night long. And that may or may not be true, but it's going to impact. It's going to impact performances. And, and, and when, I mean, when does it happen? Is it stuff you, you'll do in the off season? And, and then the other side of it that I think could really become an issue is the, the advertisers aren't looking for everyone. I mean, I was, I was the other day trying to think of, all right, who from the University of Utah would advertisers want to be interested in from the football program? And, and you're hard-pressed to say, man, there's a name there that just is so marketable. I mean, maybe Britton Covey, because, you know, the Covey name, Britton, you know, he's well-spoken. You know, I don't know. Uh, Devin Lloyd is probably the, probably the best player on the team. And, and is he that well-known outside of just the Utah faithful? Uh, I don't know. And, and you have BYU, and maybe it's the Nakua brothers. I, you know, I, I don't know. But, but anyways, it's not going to be a lot of players, is my point. And what about the 85 to 90 other players that aren't making any money? And it's like, and, and, and is there going to be a resentment? Is there going to be a divide? Is there going to be jealousy? Is there going to be, is it, is it going to destroy locker rooms? And, 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 and it has the potential to do that. I mean, you have a guy like that's rolls up at school driving a Porsche and, and everyone else is like, I, I, I just could see players getting, upset and being petty about it and going you know and then and then they go well i'm not going to try hard for that guy or you know and and you get put out on islands and there's you know there's a lot of things that yeah it could, it could really really go against you so on one side you could potentially entice players for for um like these smaller markets get better players become a bigger fish in a smaller pond but but uh, the pond is rich with whatever fish and uh, and, and so that that could change some of these programs it could change them but then the other side of it you, you have these players because they're, they're they're not all going to get paid and when that happens where, where does that go? And then how do these players with their time, uh, their limited time and, and how much of an impact, regardless, it's, it's going to change the landscape of college football. And, and so it could change the center of power. It could change 
um, the the association. Maybe maybe some of these schools say, okay, in order to really kind of separate ourselves, maybe you see a shift in um, like where 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 football is played because all the money is is not across the board. It's in it's in you know it's in five conferences. And maybe they go to the, you know, what there's been talk of kind of uh, a, a 65 team league and it's independent of everything else and still associated with these universities. But, you know, maybe you start seeing more division. Maybe you see a different um, alignment with college football and conferences and the conference affiliations. And because the playoffs are changing things. Um, this whole transfer portal is changing things and, and it's evening out. I mean, I was reviewing all the PAC 12 teams and every single one of them have had significant transfers in and out every single team. Um, and, 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 you know, university of Utah has had some um, significant influx and some, and some, I mean, they lost the starting offensive lineman. They lost the starting wide receiver and, <laughs> So you you're like wow this is uh, this is uh, dynamic but it's not it's not it's not unique I mean everyone is benefiting from this transfer portal and and I think it's a good thing I don't think it's a bad thing but it just it just changes and can change teams fortunes in a hurry you know you could go from a from a you know maybe middle of the road in your conference to competing for a championship with an influx of talent. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating. It's long overdue. Uh, it's certainly going to be the Wild West, I think, for a long time because no one knows how to handle all of this. And there's so many little facets to it that are going to come up and go, oh, yeah, we didn't think about that. Or how do we deal with that or whatever. And so um, I, I just say sit back and watch and, and uh, we'll all be entertained. All right, Helmets Off is now off. Uh, text us or like us at uh, the Helmets Off podcast on Facebook and uh, Helmets Off show on Twitter. And until then, we'll see you then.